have some podcast. I think I'm losing my voice. It was a long Dragon Con weekend. I am very tired, but I'm excited to be here. That's a fun voice I'm trying out. Yeah. <clears throat> Just do one of those. You'll be fine. <coughs> You're not even sick. We're good. It was fake. I was fake. I knew. I knew that was fake. No, I really, my voice is scratching. That's like the I can't go to school cough. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to school today. I got to watch Ghostbusters 2 all day and learn it. Learn. I got to learn the movie. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to YHS. My name is Craig Goldberg. Here, as always, with Abigail Gardner. Hey, y'all. And Jacob Walsh. Hello. Jake, what's up, man? How are you? Dude, I'm good. Uh, still trying to sort of relax and come down from the last couple of weeks. And I, I feel like I still need, I'm, I'm ready for tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. And I'm ready for that to be over so I can just sleep all weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need mm-hmm. you need to get I'm tired. You dude. did a vacation triathlon. <laughs> I did. I yeah. did three yeah. vacations in a row. Now, Jake, let me ask you this. You've been doing a lot of vacationing. Do you find yeah. vacation better than like the real world? Oh, if I could vacation 24-7. Like a professional vacation. That would be good. If I could just quit work. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Abigail? I would love to quit work, yeah. Um, vacationing is is definitely something I enjoy, but you do need that like time afterwards to recharge yeah, for sure. and recover, um, which I actually took a nap just before this, which is fantastic. I went back to work yesterday, um, and yeah, adjusting back to regular life is definitely a culture shock after being at Dragon Con for like four, five days almost. Cause we kind of snuck in on Wednesday and did some stuff. So yeah. yeah. So let me, I, what I want to do is I want to give everybody a little schedule of, uh, of our conversations tonight. Cause we're going to touch on some stuff. There's a lot going on. Um, we are going to talk about our experience at dragon con and PKE surge. Uh, we all saw Shang Chi, the latest entry into the Marvel cinematic universe. We're going to talk about that. There's a new matrix resurrections trailer. I want to cover that. So there's a lot to cover. But we, I don't want to bury the lead here. We're going to New York City. New York City. Oh, we are shit. going. The OMG. The, oh, the announcement happened yesterday. Again? Yeah. They're back. We are we're back. Going back. We're um, back. Isn't that a like a dinosaur movie? They're back or we're back. We're back. We're back. They're back. They're back. Yeah. We are. Though. Let's nope. make that poster with us. So it's we're back. Thank you, Jake. Here's the deal. It was announced yesterday that the Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, lost my train of thought. I was like, how do I say this? It's going to be a panel. First time ever, giant Ghostbusters panel at New York Comic Con Friday, October 8th. 
This is a big deal. This is not a fan discussion. Okay. This isn't like, this, <laughs> this not isn't the, Dragon Con, y'all. This isn't YHS and like the, the Buffalo and the New York Ghostbusters talking about why we're excited about afterlife. Although I wish it was. This is Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman, and various cast members. Unannounced who's going to be there. But we can only imagine your Finn Wolfhard, your McKenna Grace, your, your Logan <laughs> your podcasts. Uh, I cannot <laughs> wait. I want to meet Logan Kim. podcasts. <laughs> I want to I meet Logan Kim and be like, wow, two podcasts in one room. <laughs> Someone's got to go. I think it's going to be us. Uh, <laughs> Celeste O'Connor, Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson. The possibilities are endless of who could be there, but we know Ivan and Jason will be there. Mm -hmm. um, and we are making every effort for YHS to be there. So the plan is for us to be there in New York. It, to me, listen. If the father and son are going to be there, then we, the Holy Spirit, need to we, show up. We're the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that is true. Why should Jesus we just force ourselves into the Holy Trinity? <laughs> yes. Yes. Speaking of Trinity. No, we are the four. We're forced ghosting ourselves is what we're doing. <laughs> I want a picture. I want an image of force ghosts we're of like, Ivan, Jason, and the three of us. We're just like kicking a door open with our ghost foot. Yeah. Our ghost foot, by the way. And then, then all the new Ghostbusters take us out. Mm. Um, so it's going to, it's a very big deal. New York Comic Con is, is, uh, one of the biggest mm -hmm. annual conventions we've never been. I'm super excited to check it out. Super excited to go to New York in October. Always wanted to go. And listen, this is Ghostbusters 3. This is Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's only happening this time. So to me, it's like a can't miss. If you can be there, go make yourself available to life. As Bill Murray always says, if you make yeah. yourself available to life, it's pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. I love that quote. So we're making ourselves available uh, to life and to Ghostbusters Afterlife, the panel. Uh, and we'll be talking about it a lot as we gear up towards uh, figuring out what it's going to be, who's going to be there. I've got a little prediction yeah. that I haven't dropped on you guys yet. Can I can I say Please it? Do. The yeah. season premiere of SNL is the week before could we be seeing like Paul Rudd hosting the night after that Saturday? Could we get tickets? Can I, we get tickets? Exactly. Can we, I mean, I would, I would we? love to go to SNL taping anyway, but yeah, it's, that's been it's on one of the most list. notoriously impossible tickets to get. There's standby yeah. that you have to get in line for like two days early. Uh, right. But I'll fucking do it. Especially yeah. if my boy's there. Yeah. And when I say my boy, I mean literally anybody boy girl or anything <laughs> yeah i just want to go to snl oh god yes uh, last time we were there we toured like the lower half of the building and yeah it'd be really I, nice to go up top i've been to the building yeah like, get me in the studio uh jake what, what's your uh what are your thoughts on this panel lay, lay it on me well i kind of wonder exactly what it's going to be what they're going to be talking about because you know there's not going to be very many they're not going to they're not going to sit there and spoil the movie the movie's not out yet right so i'm kind of nervous about it they did say that there's going to be clips i don't even know if i want to see clips honestly like i want to go and i want to be here but it's like do i want to see clips from this movie before just seeing the movie i just want to see the movie jake's gonna stand up and scream no stop it i'm gonna walk out get some ketchup <laughs> Jake's going to be like, that's it. They're playing clips. Everybody out. Like you just stand up and ruin it. Please don't. Hey, Jake, don't do that. Yeah. Please don't do that. Uh, Abby, how about yourself? What's uh, how you feeling? It's, dude, like 
this happened very quickly. We were like planning our horror nights trip, and then this kind of usurped that trip. Um, and I'm kind of no, no, hold on. There's no usurpage. There's no usurpage. It's this, just this, it just happens to fall very soon, like in a month. So I guess my mind, I'm just kind of wrapping it around the the reality of it, and it's it's extremely exciting. Um, love so, New York City, yeah, and I just love, yeah, I, it'll be great. So we're gonna go to New York City, yeah, on a weekend, and we're gonna come back. I don't know Sunday, and then like, we're then we're going to Horror Nights like right after that. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. We're going to be in Orlando. Oh. Is everybody okay with that? <laughs> yeah. The Beetlejuice house. Hello. Yeah. I'm be doing my Beetlejuice impression all weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. Can Jake, we, are, you, are you nervous about having too many vacations? <laughs> Can we just fly straight from New York to Orlando? Can I bypass coming back to Valdosta? Oh, Listen, I see your point. If you let me on the plane, get on the intercom system and talk to everybody in my Beetlejuice voice, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. so That's you, what I'm going to do. Try it out now. Yeah, I'm going to be like. A pilot? Yeah, I'm going to be the I'm pilot. I'm going to be like, uh, hello, everybody. Uh, we got a lot of mountains out here. And, uh, well, let me tell you what. Uh, no, sorry. I'm not going to. I'm not doing that right now. This is not the night for impressions. That's what we do on nights where we don't have a lot to talk about. Yeah. There's no mountains. This, that's not something that you, can, you literally the, can't see from the altitude at which you fly. The mountains of New York. Um, no, I'm, I'm unbelievably excited. Like, I literally, like. I got choked up thinking about it yesterday. Just thinking about like you didn't get chills. Oh, I'm way past. When I chills. see my two guys. Chills are for the eighties. I'm choked. I'm up. ex. I'm excited that it's going to be like in the middle of October. It's going to be kind of cool. It might be cold there. Yeah. Like no, I, I'm, I'm excited ex- to be in New York City at that time of year. I think Same. it's going to be fun. I am excited because listen, getting to hear Ivan and Jason talk is something we've experienced already and it's great but like, we're closer to it now and they'll have more stuff to reveal well possibly. there's that but like i just want to meet the new like listen okay i love ghostbusters why are you rolling your eyes at me now that i hear you say listen i can just think all i think of is the aj quick t-shirt well i haven't got there yet okay we'll i haven't gone on my spiel about aj quick's low-key digs in t-shirt form it's coming <laughs> okay on the dragon con segment what I was saying was, I cannot wait to meet the new Ghostbusters. I cannot wait. I want to be in the presence of the four new characters who are going to carry this franchise into the next chapter. I'm excited about that. Sure. Does my mind start wondering, does Bill Murray show up at New York Comic Con? Yeah. But let's not get our hopes up for that. Let's just know there's a big panel. It's a big deal. It was a lot of coverage yesterday online. And... This is going to be the last stop on the big hype train before the movie comes out. And I, I'm very I feel grateful that we'll get the opportunity to uh, to hopefully be there. Yeah, same. One hundred percent. Yeah. Big talk in the big hall. Big, big right. talk in the big, big, big hall. hall. Big no, hall. It, it is a big hall. But and having. Yeah. The fear of missing out is very real, I think, for all of us. So it'll be it's I told you great to be there for whatever is going to happen. I called Jake. I said, listen, if I'm sitting at home while that panel is happening in New York, I'm going to be severely depressed. I just can't, I can't go through that. I already went through when the CinemaCon thing happened. I literally fell into a state of depression because I wanted, <laughs> not because I was jealous, 
It's just because I want to be just, at your kid's baseball game. I don't care about God. my kid's baseball game. I would literally skip my kid's baseball game for any Ghostbusters related thing. Trivia Bowl, any of it. Okay. okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm excited. Celeste O'Connor, Logan Kim, Finn Wolfhart, McKenna Grace, the four new Ghostbusters. I want to know them. I want to understand their, their motivations. I want to see them. And I can't wait. Fuck yes. Ghostbusters rules. Fuck. Fuck yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, it's com- also it's Comic-Con and there could be some sort of reveal. There could even be a toy. Re- there could be anything. It could be more than just. I haven't even let myself get to the fact that I'm excited to go to New York Comic-Con. That's, that's awesome. What, that's where my mind is and has been. I haven't even gotten to the possibilities of Bill Murray showing up except or of like toy reveals. Just being back in New York is going to be really exciting. And I can't wait to get some forced pictures with costume characters and like yeah, that's what it's all about conventions Times are, square conventions are hilarious hey, can, i want to i'm gonna go back to that kaiju toy store whatever that place toy is called. Tokyo? Oh, to- tokyo toy town <laughs> yeah. not what it's called. what's it called? Oh, oh my god oh my god that was that was totally natural and organic i did not plug that um no but what's it called wait hold on you're allowed to plug to- i'm totally but Kai- it's called Kaiju something. I thought it was Toy Tokyo. I thought it was Toy Tokyo. Yeah. Well, right. anyways. No, Abby thought it was Tokyo Toy Tokyo Town. Don't change your mind. So, you know what? Said what you I thought it was Craig's J. Right. Key. I thought I think, it was the J. Key Toy Yeah, Craig's I think it's. Right. Yeah, it's a cool store. It's a cool store. So anyways, um, that's going to be happening. And then completely separate from that, because we're, we're going to listen. Yeah, it's Toy Tokyo. We're going to be talking a lot about Ghostbusters over the next two months. So we can we can move on from Ghostbusters for now. But just get ready. Strap yourself in. We're here. I don't even know if we talked about the movie getting delayed a week because we were we missed a week because we had our live Dragon Con panel. But November 19th is the day IMAX big format screens only in theaters. Get ready. The next couple months are going to be just it's insane. And I can't wait. Um, Jake, you sent me a link yesterday to an event that's happening in Atlanta. And I wanted to talk to you guys about it. An evening with Chevy Chase is happening. Yeah. It's a screening of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation at the Fox Theater in LA. It's that time. Special time of year. <laughs> is that- I really love the song for that. And I like that. That's my probably my favorite Christmas movie. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I absolutely it's my favorite of the vacation movies, except for the first one in Vegas Vacation. So it's my third favorite, but I really like them all. <laughs> It, it feels like no, my own amazing. personal one. Like I've taken it into my life over the last couple of years. It's, it's the one great. I, yeah. Um, so tickets go on sale tomorrow. Afterwards, uh, Chevy Chase does a like a Q&A and a, you know, the, the normal thing that these kind of events have. There is a VIP option with a photo op after the show. Is it? Yeah. A Christmas photo with Chevy Chase is 100 in your How like. How much is that? Christmas garb is worth Jake, it. Well, what, knowing you're an expert in events, you've done a lot of these things. How much do you think it is? And how much do you think it is? And how much would you be willing to pay? Well, how and much you get, would I be willing? You get so a I'm premium not, seat and the photo op. Well, the thing is, I'm not that big of a Chevy Chase fan. So uh, what I would be what I would be willing to pay is not probably what you would be willing to pay. Now, I did one of these like premium seats, photo meet and greet VIPs with Richard Dreyfus 
back before he was like going to all these conventions. Right. Right. And I, and I, and I think it was around two fifty. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Chevy chase, it's probably $500. Okay. At least if that's the, the price, I don't know that I'm willing to. The price is one seventy five. Hmm. Okay. That's so not that bad. It, that's not bad. I think no. it's worth it for the, cause I, I'm, it would be great to have it like as your holiday photo. It would. I, I who knows if we'll go. I just think it's cool that it's, I like that he's doing. When that. is like, it? It's in November. It's the end of November. The week after afterlife. Mm-hmm. After afterlife. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I got something signed by Chevy Chase, it would be a an eight by ten of his little cameo in the music video for Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's what I would get signed. <laughs> uh, no, funny. I mean he's a guy who, you know. The vacation movies were were very big parts of of our lives at some point. And like obviously Harold Ramis directed Vacation and uh Spies Like Us and, and just in SNL, like Chevy Chase, he's one of the those guys. He's one of those top ten legendary 70s, you know, comedians. He's right up there with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and uh John, John Belushi yeah. and everything. Okay. I almost said Jim Belushi. I I always almost say Jim Belushi. <laughs> I feel like that's offensive to somebody. So anyways, I don't know. Maybe we'll go. It sounds like a cool thing. I kind of want the autograph too. Huh? I think the whole experience sounds exciting. And yeah. I want, yeah, definitely want to be a part of it. All right. Um, so that's kind of my housekeeping. Abby, do you have anything else you want to cover before we start talking about DragonCon? Mm, not that I can think of. Jacob Walsh? No, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, okay. So DragonCon 2021 has happened. There was a lot of stress, I think, going into it with pandemics still raging, wondering if it was going to happen or not. It happened. I think it was about probably half of the people. What would you say? 50% of the people that are normally there? Maybe less? Maybe 40%? Yeah, I'd say 50% for Saturday. And then the other days, maybe even less, like 40. Yeah. Um, Jake, what were your overall impressions of uh, Dragon Con this year? I mean, it was good to be back and it was really fun to be there, but it was a little smaller, not just in the scale of the amount of people, but it just felt sort of, I don't know, it just kind of smelled, it felt like Dragon Con light. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Diet Dragon Con. Right. Dragon Con Zero. Mm -hmm. Uh, New flavor. Um but there's perks to that, I think. Um, yeah, let's like go. We were able the to pros move. and cons of that. Pros of it. Pros of it would be going, um, being able to get to places faster. I found that to be pretty cool. I mean, the elevator still got a little bit congested, but when it comes to moving from hotel to hotel to get to events, it was much easier. Um, but and with that though, it can be a little bit mm, quieter and maybe not as. There's usually like this like energy that's just so constant through the. Um, convention where it's like there's food open at least in the past it'd be like there's food open 24 7 there's always places people are partying and convening and there's always a party kind of raging on i think this year it felt like everything sort of shut down around 1 a.m it didn't have the the 24-hour dragon con energy Mm -hmm. um which it's not like we're party people but it is i like it's like our once a year i like being able to go out at three in the morning and just see like thousands of people gathered in all their costumes and here's here here's a good way i think so the hotel we stayed in we stay in the the hilton every year yeah and uh and you know the hilton 
is part of the Dragon Con, you know, host hotels, but it's not like one of the hotels that like is super packed at night with costumes. I felt like this year, the Marriott, which is usually the hub of costumes and where you want to go to watch the Marriott this year kind of felt like the Hilton is usually every year. It was like Mm -hmm. died down. It was. And I feel like there's a lot of reasons for it, right? Pandemic. People are still wary about going out. There's the vaccine. You have a lot more locals that I think it felt like you didn't have as many, the casual people. Mm hmm. Um, you didn't have as many like photographers and videographers flying in to make YouTube videos. It, yeah. It felt like that had kind of died out, which in a way, like it made it more intimate. And I hated were, it. Oh, I had a really good time. <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. I, I had a great time, too. Well, the main thing is like we have so many friends. It's cool to see people from all over the country that we haven't seen in a couple of years. Um, <laughs> but but I, I kind of hope that once things get better and and hopefully improve uh covid wise we'll we'll get back to a more traditional Mm -hmm. dragon con and i think we will um i think so too yeah because being close is part of it like being able to hug people being able to do your thing without a mask on it's definitely like you kind of felt a little bit limited this year abby how'd you feel about the masks with the costumes oh sorry jerk no go ahead how did i feel well honestly it didn't hinder my costumes in any way but real talk like it is a lot to wear like a wig and a helmet and and a mask when it comes to walking around like not with glasses on it kind of is a little bit headache inducing but when it came to just regular walking around the floor um it was fine i'm used to wearing a mask at this point it does provide a little privacy from other people so i'll tell you what the captain america mask does not help the obi-wan costume (laughs) at all uh Jake, what were you going to say a few minutes ago? I I was going to kind of talk about that. I do think the masks hurt costuming. It just, it doesn't like who really wants a picture of a really like your costume can be amazing, but then if they're wearing Mm -hmm. a mask, it just, it just, it completely takes me out of it. You know what I mean? And I, I brought costumes. I brought a couple costumes that I just didn't even end up doing because I was like, well, these are too, Right. Quint Quint from Jaws in a mask is just going to look stupid, I think. So well, there's I just, no way Quint would wear a mask. Mm-hmm. You're right, but it's and and it's not like a it's not a it's not a complaint that I had to wear a mask. Right. It's just that I I definitely think the mask hurts the whole aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. It's just weird. I agree. Like even, you know, you know, I, I looked back at some of the photos of us and and I think I think Abby, yours is a little different because your mask kind of looks like part of your costume. I know. But, <laughs> but you know, like when I'm dressed like a hobbit yeah. or we're all in our Star Wars stuff or the pictures where me, where we're in our like Ghostbuster uniforms and it's just mm-hmm. the masks. It's like, I don't want to post, I don't want to post this picture. I, I look dumb. I'm going to, you know, so I do think that kind of hurt it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be a pandemic hobbit. And I think that. <laughs> When we did the Star Wars costumes in particular, doing Anakin, having wearing glasses and a mask, you like you couldn't see the scar yeah. on my forehead. So yeah. there's definitely like elements you lose when you're covering it up. But I get it. Like we all want to be safe and pandemic's still happening. And yeah, totally. You yeah. do what you can. And I felt like we yep. did to the best of our abilities and partied as best we could and got yeah. the photos we could. Let me complain. Can I everybody, yeah, let's everybody, complain. Everybody was real quick. Everybody was good about. Keeping they were. Yeah. I, yeah. But I thought I thought. 
I thought it was going to be the kind of thing where the first day everybody was going to have masks and then the rest of the con, you're just going to see tons of people walking around without them. But mm-hmm, everybody was everybody was cool about it. I think we've just all gotten so used. But I don't know if we can say that everybody was cool at Dragon Con because I felt a distinct vibe of like kind of irritation, especially towards the last day. And I wonder if it's just kind of that like being fed up I don't with think things. people are used to being outside their house I for saw, longer than an hour. We, saw, we collectively saw some elevator action going on. I don't know if we want to go into that. Twice. I should define action. Not like like hot. Not like HBO cat house, but like. Wait, time out. That's what you call action. Yeah, not like that. Not like real sex. I'm talking about (laughs) fights, like the kind that you see people filming with their phones and posting. Like we saw some of that. We had one guy, the one night was a Saturday night. The elevator was, (laughs) they had an elevator monitor basically in the lobby, which I kind of enjoyed the security. I don't know if she enjoyed it. No, but she was kind of keeping things, you know, kosher for the elevators. And this one dude tried to bulldoze into the elevator that was full, completely full. And you and Jake had slime blowers on in the very back of the elevator. that He couldn't see. And we all collectively pushed him out. And as the, (laughs) and as he's like being shoved (laughs) out of the elevator while trying to, like rhinoceros bulldoze his way in. Do you remember what happened? Like, I mean, I'm not a confrontational person, but as the doors are closing and he's falling out, I go, yeah, you fucking piece of shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was annoying. No, like, get the fuck out. Yeah, dude, like, we all got our like. It was really like. It was cathartic. It was inappropriate to. The elevator's closing. This guy's trying to bulldoze his way in. If Jake was there in the front, he would have punched him. And that's what I wanted to see. Yeah, maybe. But I was in the back and I was turned and I had a slime blower and I couldn't move and I couldn't even see <laughs> him or what was happening. All I all I could hear were the people. The, I mean, the elevator was packed. There's like 10 of us in, the, in this tiny yeah. elevator. And the people near closer to the door were like yelling with this guy. And I'm like trying to look over my slime blower to see. <laughs> that's like, what Jake calls his shoulder. His slime blower. My um, slime blower. Give yeah. it the cold slime blower. Let's talk about those slime blowers. The the saga, the two year saga of slime blowers and debuting <laughs> yeah. them at Dragon. If, hey. Yeah, what was how was the payoff for you both? Because I I witnessed it. I thought it was a pretty good so, reaction. Okay. We were the only ones with slime blowers this year, which was great for our egos. Um <laughs> Jake, I thought they looked awesome. All you know, they looked yeah. great. Um, the first night we tested them out and put them on, I had an issue where the, the way my shoulder straps were on, it wasn't distributing the weight very well. And it was kind of like, it wasn't propped up on my back enough. And it really, the first night there. absolutely killed my shoulders. I was really kind of concerned about the parade, but made some adjustments. And by the next day, I mean, I was trying to figure it out, Jake, we walked to the parade route this year. Parades, yeah. like we we put on we left our hotel room at like 8 30 with slime blowers on and we didn't get back till after 11 so we were wearing them for only, yeah, like three hours yeah and like yeah how did you feel i i felt better wearing the slime blower than i have wearing a proton pack for the same amount of time 
That sounds when I lifted y'all's in comparison to the proton pack that I carried, it's definitely like at least the amount on your back is like yeah. I know the gun's heavy, but when you distribute it out like that, yeah. And then you've got better. the well football pads it's, too. Yeah. It's a hundred it's a hundred percent in the football pads. If you were wearing that slime blower mm. and you didn't have the football pads and you just had the straps coming down over your shoulder, right, you would you would die. You would and that's yeah. what happens when you wear a proton pack. Yeah. So, the fact, the fact that you got those really huge pads distributing the weight, it made it not feel so bad to me. Yeah, now I have I really felt, huge calves <laughs> carrying the proton pack. But, well, it was a full body workout. Ghostbusters 2 uh, was the costumes we did this year. We did all of our charcoal gray suits. Abby, you had a pack on. We had our slime blowers. And even though the parade was like less people because they only they didn't allow public spectators, it was still it was a ton of fun. It mm-hmm. always is. Mm-hmm. It was to- really just the beginning part where there was a total absence of people on the streets. But once there you were got still in- public spectators. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Just not as many. Yeah, little families here and there that have their costumes on. Yeah, it was cute. That yeah, was totally. Cute. But then once you get closer to the Marriott, like the the big ending part, there was just as many people. I felt. Hey. There was still like 60 or 70 Ghostbusters in the print. We, we only had one Ecto. We usually have four or five different circumstances yeah. prevented them. But like no it was a good number of us. It was still a good turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it felt nice just to cheer at the crowd and all that kind of stuff. Hey, Jake. Is Slime Blower your favorite yeah. Ghostbusters prop? Well, I... I love it. I, I can't say that I love anything over the proton pack. I, I love wearing the slime blower and I, I love the whole aesthetic of Ghostbusters too, but I, I would say that the proton pack is my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Makes sense. I was jealous of y'all's slime blowers actually when you were out and about cause they are big attention Wait, getters. Do we need a third slime blower? <laughs> yes. Let's get on the phone with nope. Just kidding. Not gonna uh, do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, like PKE surge, obviously a little bit lighter this year. Still a ton of fun. So many friends, all over, different franchises, new people. It's just, it's just a good vibe. Like it's just fun. Um, you know, we we did the awards lunch. Uh, most of the award winners were not there. <laughs> we still have the awards in our house. <laughs> still have all the trophies. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're giving out the awards to each other. Abby, you are the, the best representation of a Ghostbuster. Thank you. Jake, you are winning the wow. Mini Puffed. Mini Puffed Award. I'm giving you the Holtzman, oh. Craig. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, no, we we we're getting the awards to the proper people. Um there was the guy who won the Spangler Award, he, he had an inflatable stay puffed in the parade that was like on a cart behind him, and it looked like Stay Puff was chasing him. It mm. was really cute. It was really I liked it. Yeah. Good. Innovative. There's always a lot of good creativity. Especially, I, there was a cool Janine um, that had her proton pack and like a pink oh, yeah. suit. She showed up Friday night to the uh, the luau thing we did, which was You know fun. what's annoying? Hmm. That fucking Vigo Hawaiian shirt I got, got uh, that's my costume that got the most attention this weekend. I've had people <laughs> messaging me on Facebook, where did you get that? I was like, it was $20 on the first website that comes up when you You're search. You're going to release like a line of t-shirts or design stuff like Literally, if you, you search can't. custom Hawaiian Dude. shirt, the first website is what I use. I'm ordering a whole line of Stephen King Hawaiian t-shirts. I love that. I'm that's cool. Cujo. I'm going to get one with Cujo all over. Oh, dude, that's a great idea. Oh, I'm going to get Rick McCollum on mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and be- George Lucas to like just throughout. So speaking of that. <laughs> yeah. 
we did the luau and it's just like 50 ghostbusters wearing hawaiian clothes mm-hmm. and some yeah. girl came up was like is this a george lucas get together are you guys all dressed <laughs> as george lucas <laughs> wow, that's a compliment i honestly thought that was better actually um, let's fun. do a george lucas get together let's next have a year. george lucas party and give out awards there so i want to touch on a couple specific things from dragon con um abby you did the star wars collectors panel mm-hmm, on friday at one o'clock in the marriott i remember all the details it was so <laughs> You're sorry still plugging it yeah i am one o'clock marriott it what was a, great yeah tell me about yeah it. I, I was mean, there but you were there aj showed up jake you all supported me and i appreciate that um i made some really good connections with people at that panel um it was a lot of fun to sit up there first off and like show off my prequels collection wait pictures. are you talking about the guy who can we talk about everyone on the panel of course that's why we're gonna okay, do great it. great we're still i just wanted to put out the first thing i did meet some really cool people who i became friends with through this panel so that was awesome first and foremost because going to dragon con is all about connecting with like-minded individuals so that was really great um but when it came to the actual panel and like the panelists that i was on the panel with there were there was some variety um it was a diverse it was a, panel. Oh, what I'm saying is there was some really likable people. And then there was one person that was. Listen. This guy, I don't know who he is. He's like an older collector dude. Who took it upon himself to mansplain vintage Star Wars to everybody when nobody asked. <laughs> like it was kind of. I think at one point Jake was like, I'm leaving. I'm <laughs> Well, it was, it, what happened was he took over the well, panel the, in the beginning yeah. and well, the to kind of started. Yeah. The panel started that way. And I was like, oh, if this is what we're in for. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like being stuck at someone's house while they show you pictures and you're it, it, that's how it felt because they were they asked for slides and like um, photos of our collection and. It was and it wasn't exactly like we go one by one down it the wasn't, panel. Right. And listen, it's a Dragon Con fan panel. We get it. I just thought this guy was like my fear. You know, what my favorite part is he was kind of like bragging about his collection. He's like, and I've got, uh, you know, vinyl cape Jawa. It's worth ten thousand dollars. I bet none of you've ever seen that before. And everyone's just like, all right, dude, calm down. My favorite part. He's talking about the HasLab. He's like, this is the barge. I was able to get one. They go for three thousand dollars now. Was anybody else able to get a barge? Like, Abby's bitch, like, I coined the term. Abby's like me. I got it. I got that. <laughs> I got that barge. Um, yeah, there but was, he was <laughs> fine. He just was. He was just. We, well, I know how we can put it. He would have ended up in like the sad comments and on toy anxiety. <laughs> That's an easy way to to describe. I love it. Yeah, he's just like a sad comment person. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. exactly. Well, and I, I will say that the other panelists, we all seemed really excited to talk about like the personal connection that we have with Star Wars and with like the collecting the com- excuse me collecting community and mailing like care packages to friends and amassing our collections through family members. Like that seemed to be the gist of what we were all kind of hitting on. Yeah. And that dude was kind of talking about how expensive his collection was. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Like it wasn't, he didn't do anything wrong and like he did have a nice collection, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like read the room a little, Mm -hmm. but shout out to the star Wars collectors track. They did an awesome job. I had a blast and I really appreciated. Yeah. Being included on it. And I'm looking forward to doing some more stuff next year. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about our panel. Mm-hmm. We did, you know, we partnered with Gary and Joe from the sci-fi American sci-fi classics track. 
We did our legacy sequel panel. You can listen to the live panel. It's on our feed. Jake, what uh, what was your takeaway? Did you enjoy yourself? Do you like doing the live panel in front of people? Are you talking? Uh, my uh, on. I can't hear you. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Can you hear me now? Now, but I didn't hear like the last maybe couple of minutes. Oh, it's fine. We were just. Talking about how great we are. No, We're no, just no, talking no. about how big our collections are. No, no, no. I was asking you, uh, our panel, we we have it on the feed. I was asking you, did you enjoy doing the, the live panel this year? Yeah, I loved it. It was one of my favorite parts of Dragon Con. I'm always a little nervous when we start because it is a little weird being in front of a live audience. But my favorite part about it was the fact that we, um, you know, right, right from the beginning, we said, hey, if anybody's got comments, questions, let's just turn this into a discussion. And that was the funnest thing about it. It's different than sitting at another panel and you just have to listen to what people say. I like that. We just opened it up and we're like, Hey, if somebody's got a comment, just yeah. say it. Let's it was like an interactive it. chat room. Yeah, exactly. I liked that. Mm -hmm, like having a live chat going. Yeah. So we did the legacy sequel showdown. We talked a lot about ghostbusters afterlife. We touched on bill and Ted and Terminator, Dark Fate, and all sorts of stuff. So it's in the, um, you can listen to it. Audio turned it's out. on the feed. Yeah, mm -hmm. the audio turned out pretty good. It, sometimes with, the, you know, somebody on Facebook was like, you need to mic the audience next time. I was like, whoa, I, I, how? <laughs> they, no. I'm not the, I didn't like set up the audio. It's just, it's, just, it's a small <laughs> panel room. What do you want from me? Right. Um, but um, <laughs> there was one kind of awkward moment. We should at least address we'll it. Yeah. So we somehow This is why you shouldn't mic the audience. <laughs> <laughs> we somehow we you know we're talking about afterlife and, and answer the call came up. And I remember I'll have to go As back. It does with it us. It always does because yeah. it's part of you know it's part of the franchise. And like I, I had said that like no matter what you think about Ghostbusters answer the call, it brought a lot of new faces and fans to the franchise and had a positive effect on the fan community and like but like, you know, we made a couple jokes at its expense, but we make jokes at everything's ex It's what we always do. And like one thing, Jake, you say, like, it can be a little bit awkward being in front of a live audience where like half the people in there have no idea who we are. Right. So they might not understand our sense of humor, our personality, like the way we approach things. Yeah. There's people going there who go to all the sci-fi classics tracks right. and it's just like, oh, that's what they do. So they're not sure who we so, are. Yeah. We had made a couple jokes about answer the call as we have done in the past and which is fine. We're allowed to do that. Um, I think we've earned it. Yeah. We're still fans. Yeah. And then one person there took like interrupted kind of and said, <laughs> they were like, well, I've got a question. And they were basically like, Basically, it what wasn't they a question. what they said was, you can't criticize that movie because it means a lot to a lot of people. Is what they were saying, right? Like, and I, yeah. First of all, they kind of came out of nowhere with that because I had that that had nothing to do with what what we were talking was about, about, right? Or what we were talking about. They just didn't like that they kept hearing. We hit a, a nerve. Digs at the movie. Yeah, we hit a nerve, and they didn't now like she that. Did, so they, now they, we were also digging on Bill and Ted face the music and Terminator. We we had digs on a lot, lot of, of stuff. Things. Yeah, we were lots digging on things. each other. Our set, like everything. So much. Yeah, digging. Mm -hmm. it just it like it's exactly what Abby just said. It struck a nerve, and she was a little annoyed about it. And she let us know that she was annoyed about it. And we said, "Hey, you're right." And then we just kept the show going because there, yeah. we have an hour. There's no point to like 
Right. Yeah. I don't want to spend I don't want to spend my hour panel arguing with somebody out over a fucking movie that sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm sorry so, that you were triggered, but we now you're re-triggering our trauma. But it was like, it was kind yeah. of weird. Like the point she was making was like, she was like, I did an Abby Yates costume and I went to New York comic con and a little girl came up to me and said, I didn't know that girls could be ghostbusters. It was like kind of a personal anecdote. And like, that's great. Like he's an idiot. though. <laughs> <laughs> Jake away, <laughs> unbridled Jake. Um, what the fuck? I mean, no, I Jake. Care. It, like, it sure, made me that's, like that's a that's a cool moment. Good for you. That doesn't mean the movie's good. It doesn't take away that my. Ab- I'm sorry, Jake. No, you're good. I'm just. That's all I'm saying. So that what I did have, was, I, you can have that pleasant experience. I, I literally fine. that doesn't mean we hit it. Unlike the Star Wars panel, I was just like, um. Abby, what are your thoughts? What are your this? thoughts? You're female. Let the girl talk. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to. Well, but like, that's what. Sorry, I was getting mad and interrupting you, Jake. It makes me. It her that's personal right. anecdote and feelings do not negate our ability and entitlement and right to have an opinion about a movie, which is we are legit the three closest people. Well, I, I'm sure maybe Paul Feig or like. You think Eric he, Reich. You think Paul Feig knows more about Answer the Call than us? I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying we have been. We walked in the trenches with it and went through all of that. And I even. Well, I ended up saying it. You can Wait listen a minute. To the Do you think episode. Answer the Call, the experience of that movie, was like Saving Private Ryan in your Private Ryan? No. Is that what you think it is? No. I'm just saying <laughs> we went. We went through it. We were there from the beginning. We wrote it all the way out, and then we continued our podcast. And it's cool that we were, you know, doing a panel, et cetera. But it goes back to the toxic. Listen, there's this whole thing that happened and it still happens to a certain extent where when you have a toxic piece of the fandom being racist, being sexist, being Mm -hmm. overall douchebag, asshole, Internet idiots, there are people who feel like. If you criticize the movie, you are now aligning yourself with them. And it's like, no, fuck them. They don't get they negate their ability to have uh, an opinion by being that way. But that doesn't mean we like, I, I think it's, it's kind of like to see how far the franchise has come since then to see the way they're marketing this movie, just to see all that. Like we were just commenting on basically how excited we were for afterlife and how much different, how the, the franchise is in a different place than it was a couple of years ago. And because we were talking about legacy sequels and exactly. how afterlife fits that bill and right. how answer the call is sort of, it's not being ignored, but it's not going to be continued right. into the next movie. Well, it's being ignored. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's being exactly. <laughs> but also like, I think what we handled it well, we navigated the stress and we moved on. We moved on. We moved yeah. on. Um, yeah. It's like, it, <laughs> It's weird because in that moment, like the one thing I wanted to do was just like give that woman our list of credentials and why we're like, I I feel like we, I, I feel like I deserve to be able to like talk shit about answer the call. Like, like what you were just saying, we were there from the beginning. We were supporters from the beginning. We had Paul Feig on our podcast. We were like the most three supportive people so much that other people were annoyed by it. We went to the premiere and you know what? It just wasn't a good movie. (laughs) So like, right. We did all that. Hey, guess Mm -hmm. who else didn't like it? Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. So can we fucking move on? Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. Like, and I've been through four years of therapy like, since it. The so people thank you who very invented much. Ghostbusters didn't like it. Right. So we're fucking done with it. Yes. We're, we're moving on. Over. All right. 
And also, <laughs> I did the Dan Aykroyd thing. I literally stole all of Dan Aykroyd's lines. I was like, oh, boy, uh, you know, Kristen Wiig and Leslie <laughs> Jones and Kate McKinnon and uh, Melissa McCarthy know. did a fantastic job. But it, it cost too, too much. much. It just cost too much. <laughs> uh, you know, we told the director, uh, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're running up uh, quite a, you know, quite a bill here. You know, you want to cut back about 30, 40 million. But, uh, you know, I don't know if Paul's going to be back on the lot anytime soon. OK, uh, no. Anyways. Hey, I love this is so fun. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you. I seriously love you guys. Love you. All right. Let's talk about the dealer rooms at Dragon Con. <laughs> Jake, yeah. let's talk about it, yeah. dude. Okay. Y'all have never seen stress like Jacob Walsh, the first morning of Dragon Con. <laughs> It's 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 up at three in the morning. It's like Jake. I can. It's like a Christmas morning thing. Jake is up at five. He's dressed. He's like got a coffee. He's like, where are we going? Where do we go to the dealer? But you know what? I fucking I get it because literally the essence of our life is buying stuff, and like it's the only way to to live is to buy things and we all <laughs> like feel. we save up our money all year for dragon con even though the dealer room is sucked this year it sucked yeah. and even, even the, though we know it's just gemstones and swords <laughs> and and masks and but jake uh, like I, jake i feel like you're a dealer room expert at dragon con you've been going for a long time yeah out of the four floors or three floors and then there's the art room the um the the booths that we like are usually pretty good there's not a lot of them but there's usually three or four dealers that that we really enjoy and even those dealers this year just had a lot less stuff mm-hmm. is that accurate yeah that yeah for sure that's there it is the same dealers every year and there are maybe four or five that usually have a pretty good amount of good stuff. There's one in particular that I've spent spent a lot of money at, Craig, that's where you bought the, your posters, but yep. uh, he, he didn't have as much this year and nobody did. And that's just what it was like. It, it, it was pleasant to be able to uh, walk through the dealer rooms and not be packed. It was a, it was a very leisurely like stroll through all no line floors. to get in, mm-hmm. no lines, nothing, which was amazing. There just wasn't that much. I, I mean, I did find a few things. I think we all found a couple cool things. We found some treasure in there. Yeah, but we did. We did. N- just not as much as past years. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the art room on the top floor. Uh, some really cool artists. But I think my complaint is like, it is a lot of the same people you see every year. There's one dealer that has not sold anything. The dealer that has all the Wizard of Oz stuff and like the like Adam's family, like Burger King stuff. It's the same every year. Yeah. For four years, I've been circling the wagon on this Adam's family Burger King sign. She's had it for four years. They've had it. Yeah. I'm literally next to like, I will give you $10. You've had this forever. Come on. It's worthless at this point. Um, Jake, what what was some of the stuff you picked up that you were super excited about this year? Oh, I did find almost immediately I found the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Diamond Select Frodo and Gollum two pack. And it comes like in a book. You open the book up and that's very cool. And it's got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And since I'm trying to collect that Diamond Select stuff, I, I needed that. Is that is that the only thing I bought in the actual dealer's room? 
uh, we found some uh, we found some vintage Ghostbuster stickers. We found them on the last day, like in the last minute. We went half on those. Yeah, and bought, bought a bunch all of them. of them. Yeah, and yeah, that's the only thing I bought in the actually in the actual dealers room. I bought some stuff in the art rooms, but dealer room that that's it. I posted some pictures of the puffy stickers we bought today. They're on Instagram. One of them are real. Like one of them's a real set of stickers. Yeah, one, of them, one of them's clearly like one. One of like, them's got a grizzly bear on it. <laughs> and it says, what does it say? One says we came, we saw, we kicked ass. It just, we kicked ass. Yeah. Like it's very <laughs> funny. Um, we kicked ass. I, uh, I was talking to somebody about it. I think I was talking to Bobby 80s about it. He's like, more than likely they had a grizzly bear sticker. They're just like, fuck it. Put a Ghostbusters logo Slap on it. Slap it on there. <laughs> Those so, are my favorite things. Um, I got some puffy stickers too. Oh yeah, what'd you get? Indiana Jones oh, yeah. uh, puffy stickers. Got two um, slips of those. I also got a, it's more of a dagger or a letter opener. I didn't get my you sword. You bought a dagger? Yeah, it's really cool. It's like a miniature version of Sting, which is the sword from Lord of the Rings um, that that Bilbo had and uh oh is it Bilbo isn't it Bilbo Frodo I don't know who has it or was it Frodo who has the fucking stick come on Jake it? you've read it recently it's, it's I mean I'm pretty sure both of them have those yeah they, yeah it's oh alternate. it's like it's like Luke, <laughs> it gets it's passed like Luke down and Anakin's yeah it gets passed down it's, it's Frodo though yeah okay sure. so it's cute and I already have the full-size version so it's really I like that I got that I um I, it was on my list of things to do and to buy I also got some like gemstone things that I like. Even though um, Hal Clay told you not to buy a sword. Yeah. Well, this one was only $25. It was super reasonable. Um, I still have a space above my door that I want to fill with a larger sword. So I'm keeping my eye out. Somebody sent us a sword. Yeah. We, we got a P.O. box. Send a big ass sword to us. I need a sword. Wanted. Big sword. Oh, I got some cool Hallmark ornaments too. One of them is Frodo. And then the other is like these three raccoons that are all sitting together, which I love. Um, yeah, it was mostly little knickknacks for me this year. Not not any major purchases. We did, which you can talk about. We got um, some posters. Yeah, so the poster dealer Jake was talking about earlier, he always has a lot of vintage movie posters, different stuff. I bought a vintage original 27 by 41 sheet Wayne's World 2 poster. It's not in the best condition. It was folded and everything, but it was like 15 bucks and love Wayne's World 2. Um, and then I bought a very good condition original vhs and beta promo poster for ghostbusters it's the poster that would have hung at video stores and blockbuster and things like that um and it's always weird you don't always find cool vintage ghostbusters stuff like that so it was like 60 bucks i was like you know what even though this might be overpriced i have no idea but i bought it i was like i i'm walking yeah. out of here with it it was in really good condition and I, I really wanted that poster and then uh you know, there was a lot of artists picked up some some random stuff here and there. But let's talk about William Stout for a second, Jake, because William Stout is we've talked a lot about him on the podcast before. He's uh, an incredible artist and illustrator. He's kind of worked on a million different things. There's a lot of like prehistoric dinosaur art. Um, you might he did the original concepts for the Jurassic Park animated series that never happened. Uh, all sorts. He of stuff. also worked on the. The, also, the logo worked on. He did some concept art for the the Jurassic Park logo. Everything, any kind of horror movies, Return of the Living Dead, uh, He Man, Masters of the Universe, uh, Godzilla, like everything. Yeah, he's worked on everything. So yeah. he's usually in the dealer room, but he was actually like the guest of honor this year for DragonCon, which was really cool because like he deserves it. Like he's he's done a lot. Uh, so 
went to his booth in the main art room in the Hyatt. And um, Jake, you just mentioned he did all of the concept art and production art for the original Masters of the Universe yeah. movie, the Dolph Lundgren movie. One of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> and uh, he had this book. And basically it's like a germ. It's new. I think it's a German publication that reached out to him and said, we're doing this book on masters of the universe. Do you have any of your concept art? He sent them 150 pieces and they're all featured in this book. Unfortunately, the one he gave me was covered in Hawaiian punch and uh, no, it was Capri sun. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Yes. No, it was in a book bag with Capri sun. That's my fault. But- Don't put drinks in your book bag. I've learned that. <laughs> Hopefully I've learned that. But it did not get ruined. It's mm-hmm. fine. It was in plastic wrap and he signed it. I'm super excited. To yeah. Things you don't learn at homeschool. Yeah, dude. No, <laughs> I don't even have a backpack at homeschool. It's just oh, you're at home. Yeah. It's actually kind of like you do learn it. Like, don't put juice boxes in your book bag. Dude, homeschool, you do whatever you want. <laughs> homeschool, you're like... Oh, what'd you get on your science test? Chicken tenders? A juice box? <laughs> like, okay. Cool. Uh, Jake, what, would you pick anything up from Stout? <clears throat> I did. I picked up a couple of books. You know, I, I try to, I try to pick up something from him every year. Um, he usually has like a book full of, uh, ink drawings that are anywhere from a hundred to $500. And I've bought one of those before, but all the, the other issue is that I got all his books at this point. So like, if he's not putting out new books, I don't have them. He did have, he had kind of like a children's dinosaur book that I didn't have. So I picked that up. He had a, a children's book that was actually written by Richard Matheson and he illustrated it. And I had seen it before, but I had never grabbed it. Cause it's, you know, it's like Arabian nights type stuff. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if right. I want this. But, but as I was looking at it, I was like, Oh, these are signed by him and Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson is a classic horror writer and he wrote, I am legend and the box and some twilight zone episodes. And he's done a lot of stuff and I, and I like Richard Matheson. So seeing that it was signed by both of them, I was like, Oh, well I have to pick this up as well. And then um, he does have a, he does have a new book out. It is a very big, thick, expensive book. Uh, He, you know, two years ago at dragon con, he was talking about it and he had them for sale this time. So I did buy one of those, but it's going to come in the mail. He's gonna he's gonna draw a nice image in the front, and he's gonna oh, ship it. Cool, that's amazing. That's very really cool. cool. Yeah. You know, it was funny. I went up to him, and I was I've never really talked to him before. It's it's more Jake's thing. I just kind of stand there and admire from afar. Yeah. But I told him I was like, hey, you know, I've got the four William Stout Masters of the Universe classics figures that came out about a year and a half ago, and what those were is they're movie figures that were part of the classics line by Super Seven, mm-hmm. but they're based on his concept art. They don't have the likeness rights for like the actors, but it, but it is, but they do. Yeah. It's like a weird thing, but he owns the license. He licensed it out, had a very interesting conversation yeah. with him that I'm not going to go into, but just stay tuned. That's all I was say. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. William Stouts, he's got, he's got good information. He's got good, and he's going to be a power con this weekend. God, I wish we were going to power con. Yeah. I wish yeah. William Stout was our grandfather also. He just seems like the nicest human who's no, so talented I wish, he's, he, I wish he was my older brother and i'd be like i'm a cool uncle please draw me draw me a dinosaur older brother please he just i really <laughs> like him no he's great yeah he seems he's very really chill cool. and very talented um so yeah and then like the art room was you know the art room's the art room um but i gotta talk about one guy we met in there 
this artist. I don't know if he goes to Dragon Con always or if this was his first time, but I've never seen him. Uh, Tom Fleming is his name. He's uh, he does fantasy comic book, all sorts of stuff. But I'm flipping through his portfolio, kind of like thinking, well, his work looks pretty good. I'll check it out. Um, and I see this collage of Bret Hart, like 90s Bret Hart next to this collage illustration of Shawn Michaels. And I was like, whoa, why is this guy just doing random wrestling art? Start flipping through his profile. There's a lot of it. Tom Fleming, we talked to him, super nice guy, worked for the WWF starting in 1991 all the way through the mid-90s. This is the person who designed the original concepts for Razor Ramon, The Undertaker. Uh, well, maybe not Undertaker, but Kane. No, he said yeah, um, Undertaker's on there. He had, he had some Undertaker stuff in there. Yeah, because I talked to him about how I have a cat named Undertaker. One, two, three, kid. He did original <laughs> posters for... Uh, he told us this great story. I bought one of his prints, which is a collage of basically the 1992 WWF roster. Everybody's <laughs> on there. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Ric Flair, and so on and so on. And I asked him, I was like, well, was this... Uh, was this a poster? Was this like a shirt? What was this? And he basically said this was going to be a huge mural in the WWF office that they ended up not doing. But um, just really, the guy probably has a million amazing stories, but I bought two pieces from him. And uh, Jake, we, we, we've met a lot of artists and that's not something I've ever seen before. Like somebody who's just like doing like the actual wrestling like he did all the merchandise stuff it was just really cool i found it very fascinating yeah it's yeah, very yeah. it's very kind of specific to us almost because it's like concept art which we love and then it's concept art for razor ramon and kane and wrestlers and like he had this and it was like some of it was weird like uh, early concepts for razor ramon that it very that it didn't quite go with and it's like oh okay but yeah, and it's it was just all really good art. He was a cool dude. Talked to us for a little bit about it. And yeah, yeah it was, he corrected it was cool. us on um, Dink and Doink. We, 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 we missed. There was some Dink Doink controversy, which yeah. there's been a lot lately. Doink is I dink. mixed up Dink. I mixed up Dink and Doink. Sorry, dude. No, no judgment. That guy was really cool. I liked him. He had that like ex wrestler kind of energy, and he, he also seemed- he had a really good painting that he did for the death of Superman, and I almost bought it because. That <laughs> because fuck Superman. Yeah. Well, just do you remember when Death of Superman came out? People were like, "Oh, it was huge." Uh, if you want to be a millionaire, better go buy it because <laughs> it's gonna be worth a lot. <laughs> Hi, we're live out here at the comic book store where millions of fans are flocking to become instant millionaires with the Death of Superman. Uh, how does it feel? How many copies did you buy? Well, I bought two copies because I want two million dollars. All right, <laughs> uh, back to you, Joan. Uh, Tom Fleming, awesome. What what else about DragonCon? I don't. Know, I think we covered a lot. Anything else to say? I mean, that's pretty much it. It was just we, we bought some stuff. It was mainly us hanging out with a lot of our friends that we haven't seen in a long time, and that that's always one of the best parts about yeah. DragonCon. Yeah. Absolutely, I think one of the things that was new this year was wearing a a Star Wars costume with a lightsaber. I kind of felt that like camaraderie with other Star Wars costumers. Yeah, which it was, was good. fun. Love doing the Star Wars panel too. Um, and my sorcerer's costume was a, was a hit. Was, you did great. Yeah, I was really happy. That with was awesome. It. Wish I could go to PowerCon. Yeah, that would be Fuck. cool. Let's go. I mean, we're not doing much <laughs> coming up. <laughs> well, considering it's in California and starts tomorrow night, we're oh. gonna have to make some plans. Um, All right, let's cut the podcast. So listen, sure. I, I want to talk about the Matrix trailer, but let's touch on Shang-Chi for a second. I don't want to go into spoilers because I feel like a lot of people probably haven't seen it yet. It's not available on Disney+. Plus. 
let's well, just their problem. <laughs> I just want to give like, well, I'll tell you what, let's talk about the matrix first and then we'll maybe if we dive into any spoiler territory, we'll, we'll do that last. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Matrix. All right. So, um, and thank you for sticking with us and thank you for being part of yes. Half. So this is great. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I love the matrix. I just fucking love it. I forgot. I, they they released this teaser website. Clicking the red pill, the blue pill. It was fantastic. Trailer came out this morning. We haven't actually talked about it. Jake, I'm going to you first. Okay. First of all, uh, you got to set the stage. Prior yeah. to what, what what is your relationship with the Matrix trilogy going into this movie? It, you know, on on paper, it's not, it doesn't sound like the kind of thing I'd be into. But I really loved the first Matrix, and I hated the second and third Matrix movies. I thought they were really bad. Um, I have not watched any of them in a long time, but I'm going, hey, this weekend, yeah. Saturday, here we go. I'm watching Matrix 1, 2, 3, and Animatrix. And then I'm, I'm signing up all of it for the Matrix Online. And I'm playing it for the next two years straight. I I'm I'm listen, the teaser thing, we saw it together because I was still at your house. I feel like is a genius. Like it was such a cool teaser. It didn't give away barely anything. They made it where the last shot is different every time. And then it's a different teaser for the red pill than the blue pill. There's a different voiceover. It's completely different images. And I watched both probably 15 times. It's such a smart uh, way to market. Well, yeah, the, the just, Matrix was felt, always good at marketing. And it feels it like felt, it early felt, internet. It felt like the Matrix. It yes. felt like the Matrix. Like even the trailer, I watched the trailer a couple times today. And uh, I even watched a video afterward um, that IGN put out kind of getting into some Easter eggs and trying to figure some things out. And uh, I think it looks good, but it's still... It's it's hard to tell on a trailer and it's like, you know, this is the fourth movie and there's only one good movie so far in the in the series. So it's hard. It's like time doesn't always heal. I don't I don't know what it's going to be like, but I, I have uh, high hopes for it and I and I'm optimistic about it. So watching this trailer and watching go to the teaser website and doing all that stuff like it really I forgot. Like when the first Matrix came out, it was a big fucking deal. It was a huge deal. 1999, was it? But when Matrix Reloaded came out, at that point, I'm like a junior or senior in high school. Yeah. They're doing the viral marketing for the first time. Mm -hmm. The video game's out. The video game's a direct prequel to the, you, know, you got to play the video game if you want to really understand the second movie. And then the second movie was like really weird. It's that whole part of it, the architect at the end. Yeah. The Matrix was a big deal. Don't love the second movie as much. The third movie, I think I maybe saw one time in yeah. theaters and was just like, eh. but something about this trailer, it would struck that nerve. It's, it's doing that legacy sequel thing where it's like, it's the same, but it's clearly different because you've got young Morpheus and older Trinity and older Neo. They don't remember anything. And then Doogie Hauser's there trying to figure it all out. It's kind of It's cool. like why it's so confusing. Cause it's like, First of all, there's no even though that looks a lot like Morpheus and he's wearing Morpheus's clothes or whatever. There's nothing that says that that's Morpheus. But if it right. is, it's like why is Morpheus 
different? Why yeah. is he younger? Why is he in a different body? And then why is Neo and Trinity old? Why are Neo and Trinity alive? Period. Yeah. It's very confusing, but that's actually what the Matrix always exactly. Young, young Morpheus should be wearing scrubs working with the Dream Warriors. Sorry. No, he shouldn't. I love that there's that many questions that have arisen because of that, because of the, yeah, obviously those kind of questions, but I loved this trailer. I love the Jefferson airplane, go ask Alice the song. I thought that the way that they love white rabbits. Yes. But that's in the first and the tattoo. And you've got another hot girl with like, you know, weird hair. It's very like cyberpunk looking. Um, but also I thought it was well lit. Like it didn't have that confusing CGI mess feeling to it. It felt like this is like, has, there's like a vision to, to each of these scenes. It's curated and it gave you that feel of the matrix, which I fucking loved. The first movie completely absorbed me and was obsessed with both Neo and Trinity and Keanu Reeves as a result. So yeah, I'm very much excited about this movie. Two things that I go for it. No, you're good. Well, two things that kind of felt missing for me, and and there's there's no Mr. Smith, Agent right. Smith, right? And um, and I don't know if he's in it at all, but it, I don't know. It just feels weird him not being there. Um, mm-hmm. But also, there's no. If you notice in the trailer, there's no like bullet time shots, right? And I, right. and I, and I know like maybe, you know, that, that turned into a big thing and it got really old really quick and Max people Payne. got tired of it. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, because we're now in 2021 and that kind of shit isn't cool in movies anymore, if they're just not doing that or what, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was some slow motion shots, but they didn't do like the, the full on bullet time. Um, you know, I think like, I like that the trailer doesn't tip its hand like i don't know what the plot of this movie is other than keanu reeves doesn't remember the matrix but maybe it's yeah like, we know as like, much as he does it seems but but i saw a lot of commentary today where people were like uh this is the discussion i wanted to open up i saw commentary people be like well i don't know what's going on doesn't make any sense it's just like hey the job of the trailer whether or not you realize this, trailers are not supposed to explain movie plots to you. That's not the job of a trailer. Remember when that first... Hey, thing, yeah. I was just going to say, also, there's three Matrix movies, and I've seen them all a lot of times, and, I, and they yeah, don't, yeah, they they don't make sense. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they make very much sense to me. So, But remember that first like Eternals trailer came out, and everybody, probably including me, was like, well, why didn't they help when Thanos was attacking? They, they should have helped. And then in the second trailer, they, they have to address, like, well, we didn't help with Thanos because of this. And it's just like, can we just go back to like trailers being... Here's a little taste of what this movie is yeah, going to be Yeah, a little like. mystical slice of it that you don't have to know everything because it's yeah, well, it, it ruins things. When you, can and they, it would be so off brand to do so as the can, Matrix. How can Neo be alive? Well, it's called Resurrections and the whole fucking first movie is an allegory to the fucking Bible. Uh, Isn't it? Mm, is it not? I mean, yeah, I know that all mm, three of them are. What? It Tell, just makes me mad. Well, everything's an I mean, allegory. but they, they 100% are, though. Like, the three films are yeah, 100%. Sure. Like, that's what... It's not a secret. Because he comes back in the end, yeah. Well, he's the chosen one. He's their savior. He's the chosen one. He sacrifices, he sacrifices himself. himself. 
but there's instead like of waiting three days on his body when he explodes like it's all very <laughs> he didn't wait three days to come back he had to make about four john wicks and another bill and ted by the way i think neo is a character that keanu reeves is going to be able to revisit in a manner that's more believable than with ted theodore logan because neo is because he can be soft-spoken yeah neo's already like you're telling me i know kung fu you know it's it's kind of that that yeah it's in that wheelhouse um dude did i strike i'm sorry i didn't mean to strike a nerve with you with the allegory thing oh no it's fine like i just i guess i kind of blended in with at that time and growing up as i did a lot of things were like oh well this is an allegory absolutely well creed is a christian band like it's not they are yeah i guess they are <laughs> i guess i, I guess it just about, strikes a chord I you're about creed the the rocky movie is an allegory <laughs> Um, well, here's the deal. Like also though, like it's very progressive and obviously Lana Wachowski is a trans woman and it's like, I don't think it's like, you know, I I think, I think we're in for something at least visually stunning, but can they weave a matrix story that we care about? I don't know. That's yeah. We'll see. I think this trailer looks like they are. Are they still using pay phones? Doesn't look like it. What about flip phones? Yeah, no flip phones. Somebody on Twitter was like, you tell me they're just bringing back the Matrix and I could just live in 1999. Shit. Give me my Jinkos and plug me in. Like, yeah. like cross my tips. <laughs> yeah. They're like, let me go. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be on HBO and in theaters. Abigail. Yeah. Final thoughts. Matrix. I'm excited. Like, it, like I said, it was a movie that I was like obsessed with. Um, not only the characters, but the idea of like being, yeah, it does apply to like Christianity because you're in the world. You're not of it. You got to get out of it. And there's one person saving you, but it was also cool. And like, uh, aesthetically, like any, well, nothing I'd ever that seen stories. Also the most, that's like the, that's yeah. Everybody tells that story. It's like CS Lewis, Tolkien, all of it. They've all, they've all, t- even I wrote a short story once that I got to the end. I was like, Oh, this is the, I think it's the Bible. <laughs> you think, I think you just wrote the Bible. I think I just wrote the Bible on accident. Cause it was like a guy, <laughs> he goes to his mailbox and he realizes like somebody's stealing everybody's mailboxes. And he's like, oh, we're going to get to the bottom of his apostles. I didn't do anything, <laughs> but I just made up all that. I wrote the Bible on accident. So sue me. Um, Jake, final thoughts on matrix. Uh, you know, up until the teaser came out, I was pretty much writing this off and I was just like, well, fourth matrix is going to be as stupid as matrix two and three. And, and I, and I, <laughs> Hey, did not you can still be right. And I could still be right, but those teasers worked. They looked, they, they were fun. They looked cool. So, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm here for it. All right. There yeah. you go. There's our matrix talk. <laughs> I'm losing my voice. I really am this time. It's some water. You want me to get you one? No, I'm fine. Water. Good water. I'll get one. Abby's I'm, leaving. I'm out of water, too. Abby's leaving. She left us. Well, we're about to talk about Shang-Chi. This is a very loose feeling episode. I, I'm very much enjoying this. Um, But before we do that, Jake, did you see that Halloween Kills is going to be in theaters and on Peacock? <laughs> yeah, it did. And I, I, I mean, I still maintain that I don't like that movies are going straight to streaming. I just don't, I don't like that. I want that to end. I wonder what the deal is. It's time for the streaming to end. I loved that. I loved when you just did that. I, do I like the last Jedi? I need to think about this. No, you mm. don't. Chewie. Where's Han? Oh, you didn't hear? 
Are you dead? <laughs> hey, I'm going to just say this, even yeah. though this is, I, I saw a video. I don't know how true this is, but I saw that there's, if you have a party of enough. So on, um, galaxy's edge on yeah. the, on the, the millennium Falcon ride. Yeah. If you have somebody in the pilot seat and in the other two seats that are all in your party. Yeah. There is a combination of buttons that everybody can press. And if everybody does it at the right time, you will get chewy mode where you're in where you're piloting with Chewbacca. Oh, that's and, interesting. And apparently it's very hard to do. And I don't even know if this is true, but I saw a video about it and they were telling you what the buttons you have to hold down and like the and you have to you have to do it before the little intro thing is done what, where they're like does Chewie show up? This is the Millennium well, Falcon ride like, at Galaxy's it's Edge. Not like, okay. a, not like physically he doesn't walk in, but he's here. I love the idea. It's like a different mode. I love the idea of you. You've you've did the the correct buttons. All right, bring uh, Chewie get in here. It's like a guy to shitty Chewbacca. Cosmetic. It's like a breakfast with <laughs> He's like. Hi, I'm Chewbacca. <laughs> Congratulations on getting the code right. I'm just gonna sit down right here and we're gonna <laughs> take a little snooze. Yeah, we're gonna fly <laughs> this damn thing. Oh, let me let me do my lines for the movie. Yeah, uh, uh, I want to try that. I kind of thought that ride wasn't that great. Maybe in Chewy mode, it'll be better. You, yeah, that that ride was weird, but it was. I didn't I like know, having the like, responsibility of like actually operating something. Yeah. I, don't, I, f- I felt like I let oh, the I team liked, down. I like, I like that part, but I don't know that 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 ride was kind of the setup is amazing, and the fact that you're on the Millennium Falcon is amazing, and you're like, holy shit, this is all amazing. But it's like the the lead up to the actual ride is better than the actual ride. Yeah. Four hey, plays also, let's let's go, let's go do it five times. Let's do it. Fuck it. Yeah, We're I going. think that was. It kind of felt like um like a Dave and Buster's experience ride that you felt hey, to me. If I could no, have done it over and over and over, the Jurassic World VR ride at Dave and Buster's is literally better. <laughs> is literally better. That thing was that thing, that thing was incredible. Was terrifying. I was like, I was we scared. Dave and Buster's right now. Um, okay, let's 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 end on Shang Chi. Before we do that, I want to talk about YHS on Patreon. If you like what you hear on Yes I Have Some Podcasts, you can support us. We've got multiple Patreon tiers. Patreon.com slash yes have some for monthly bonus audio content. Starting at five dollars, you can get bonus episodes. We do watch alongs. We've got Discord chat. Discord chat. So much fun stuff. Check it out. It's the best way to support us if you want to do that. Yeah, and if you wanna if you wanna listen to fifteen minutes of me reading about a woman literally cutting the skin off of her hand to escape from handcuffs, Patreon is for you. That's that's what we did today. That's what Jake is. Jake's playing Gerald's game, and Abby's not happy. No, I'm I'm outside. I'm not playing, (laughs) but I respect it, and I think people should listen to it because Jake did a really good job. I mean, Jake will get on there read all the Stephen McQueen books, and like he's just doing a good job. (laughs) No, we've been doing the. I'm just waiting for Eyes of the Dragon. Jacob Walsh, Stephen King book club. You've been doing once a month tackling a different Stephen King. It's been great, and we appreciate it. It's awesome content. Um, Thank you. you. And then, of course, we've got all the other podcasts that are part of the YHS family, including YHS on Monster Island with Jacob Walsh and Jake Key. We have Toy Anxiety Live every Tuesday night on YouTube. 
me, Abby, Jake, and Ryan Dole taking on the toy industry. One, yeah, really sad complaint at the time. <laughs> yeah, one sad comment at a time. Next week's going to be hilarious because the Star Wars stream was just <sighs> that has broken. Um, have you guys seen the Sentinels are now being delivered? And apparently, there's some issues with the knees. Oh, People are having trouble the standing up. Is the Sentinels? They're bending backwards. Oh boy! Uh-oh. There's four hundred dollars down the drawn. Drawn. Oh, and uh, the bad bitches will be back, which you didn't mention, but that's my show with Cat oh, and Ryan. It's you got. It's mine to plug. Uh, yeah, which I plugged it at my panel and we are going to be back. And I think we're going to be talking about like breaking down the first, the, the prequels going through, you know, sequentially from Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and then doing Revenge of the Sith. And I'm excited. We're going to be bringing some new people on with us. So, yeah, stay tuned and go watch the rest of our uh, our episodes that are already up on YouTube. Absolutely. And of course, we want to plug our friends at the containment unit who are doing incredible stuff in the world of Ghostbusters autograph collecting. And we've got some fun stuff we're working on with them as well very soon. So stay tuned for all of that. Let's not get too deep into spoilers. Shang Chi. <laughs> Your name was Shang and you changed it to Sean. <laughs> so funny. Uh, the latest addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you don't want to have any spoilers, turn the episode off right now. Otherwise, we're about to talk about it for a few minutes. Abigail. Yes. What'd you think? This was a beautiful movie, especially the opening sequence. I know Jake will agree with me on that. It was breathtaking. Um, the colors, the like the movement and um, the the characters, in sh- which I obviously care so much about. I really liked the storyline of this movie, the plot being about family structure and struggle, um, especially the dynamic between uh, like a difficult father and his and his two kids. Like that's I really related and understood that. And I really liked um, the introduction of uh, Shang-Chi. I thought he was like really tough. I thought the first part of this movie, the first act was really strong, almost it, it, I think it almost overshadowed the final act, which, you know, had a, a few things that maybe it's very I, Marvel, very Marvel. It turned into a full on Marvel movie. I think the first act felt like its own, like kind of co- fast paced comedy action. Um, and I really liked all that. And the second act had some really beautiful, like uh, kind of out there visuals, um, a lot of cool creatures, which is like, I am so all about that stuff. There was a couple moments, Jake, where because we all saw this together, where like I leaned forward and looked at Jake to see if you'd seen the thing that I had just seen. So without spoiling it. It was just a very cool visual movie with a really compelling story. And yeah, it turned into a Marvel movie in the third act, but you can't blame it for that. Very good. Thank Jake, you. Jake, what'd you think, man? Yeah. You know, going into this, I, I had seen a lot of hype for this movie and it was kind of, the hype was annoying. me. I, I saw multiple people say, this is the best Marvel film. And that is a big, that's a big claim. That's I mean, when you got Endgame floating around, claim. Um, so I was like a little skeptical going in because I was just like, eh, "This is best, whatever. We'll see." And I and I would not say it's the best, but it was very highly enjoyable. It was very fun. It is like what Abby just said. It is the most beautiful to look at. It is a straight up like classic kung fu movie it's like watching i don't know if you guys ever saw that movie hero or like crouching tiger hidden dragon like it's that kind of fighting 
and it's very mystical and mythical and the creatures abby that you that you mentioned some of those creatures are like classic japanese uh mythical creatures the there's food dogs in it i know that that's not really a spoiler but there are food dogs and those are traditional people get those tattooed on them all the time so it was cool to see like realistic versions of those it was funny it was funny it was well shot and one of my favorite things about it is that uh the villain is he doesn't fall into that one dimensional like there are times where you're seeing you know, the villain cry or be emotional mm-hmm. or like you're kind of on his side. At Conflict. Sometimes. You, yeah. You kind of go back and forth and it felt good. I, I want to see that villain more. And that's that's like, a, you know, that's when, you know, it's a good, well-written villain, because usually, especially in Marvel movies, when the villain's just in one film, it's it's hard to make that memorable. And th- I think this one did. Yeah, I agree. And also wanted to shout out Aquafina's performance was really funny. She's awesome. Totally added a lot to the movie. All right. Now that we've covered all that, can we talk about Morris for a second? Yeah. Morris ruled. I'm reading about Morris. Morris is uh, based in actual um, Chinese like mythical creature. He's a Hundun, a primordial being of Chinese legend. Uh, I could wa- give me, you know what the Disney Plus show I want is? Morris and Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Can we talk about how they straight up took the most controversial, polarizing part of the MCU, which is Ben Kingsley is the fake Mandarin and brought him in as like incredible comic relief for this movie. The the speech he gives about why he fell in love with acting because of the apes acting like they were riding horses and playing the apes. Well, that when that scene was (laughs) unfolding, I was like, this is genius this is so funny yeah Um, it's 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 weird because like without you know without going like too much into spoilers and why he's there it's sort of pointless for him to be in this movie it really is if you look at it he he's literally nothing but comic relief he doesn't do anything he doesn't add anything to the plot he literally plays dead (laughs) but the reason he is there is to kind of, I don't think it's a secret that they're messing around with the whole Mandarin thing. And that kind of fixes thing. I, I, I had a friend who saw this movie before me and he was like, Hey, you need to message me as soon as you see this movie. Uh, and when I, I texted him yesterday, I was like, Hey man, I saw Shang-Chi over the weekend. And he goes, he goes, do you feel better now, motherfucker, about Iron Man 3? And I was like, yeah, I guess, but it took him long enough. You know? <laughs> it took 10 years. Uh, yeah, really cool. Some incredible action. There's three sequences that are just unreal. First is the fight between Chung-Chi's parents, which was just a visually stunning. I can't it's think the of the name of the best thing in the movie, I think. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in, it's in the, the kind of mystical forest town mm-hmm. that she lives in mm-hmm. uh it's really cool gorgeous can't wait to watch it at home yeah screen. this is de- i regretted this and was <laughs> upset that i couldn't watch it when i got home oh um, i feel bad for anybody who watched that sequence I don't you know on a phone or in their house or whatever like that that movie was very good on the big screen yeah it was, it's it's it was incredible yeah um the, and then the bus sequence which is like it's got all the elements of like classic 
martial arts and it also is speed kind of it's yeah. also very it's also very marvel and it's very scene, marvel it's and good. it kind of it kind of like i don't know it bridges a gap and like one thing i like is like i think the mcu is at its best when it's taking risks right mm-hmm. and there's just a the fucking choreography was awesome it was really cool it was a great introduction for because we're kind of in the same shoes as aquafina's character in the movie because we you didn't know that shang chi could do that he almost had i'm sure he knew he could do it but it was such a surprise and it really took the scene and really made him like yeah. extremely powerful and memorable um and then the the when they first get to when they go to china and they get to his sister's fight club, basically. That so cool. Uh, fight club, yeah. Everything yeah. that goes down there, uh, from the cameos that we see to the sequence on the side of the building, it's just like... To the surprise that it's his sister. Yeah, it's just, it's just good stuff. Like, it's really like... I don't know. It, it. I didn't have very high expectations, but I also know with, with the MCU, it's like even the the not best MCU movies are still highly enjoyable, but I came out of this liking it even more than I thought. And I think we won't give it away, but the, the post credits really kind of tease some bigger stuff. And mm-hmm. you kind of get the sense that he's going to be a big part of, of whatever they're doing going forward. So. Yeah. And after watching it, you're ready for that. It was, it was a movie that was like rich with like fun and flavor. And yeah, it was definitely different, a departure. And this doesn't give anything away at all, but from some of the stuff we saw in this movie and some of the stuff we saw in the home, uh, the Spider-Man trailer, Dr. Strange is the new Tony Stark of this universe. Like yeah, he's the guy, everything's yeah, kind of revolving yeah. around him. Yeah. Even um, I am now like I, I'm gravitating towards Dr. Strange. I think he's awesome. He's great. Yeah. He's awesome. It's just, uh, I don't know. Eternals is next and then Spider-Man and then next year is going to be, uh, Black Panther and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and the new in Thor Love and Thunder. We got a fun little run coming up with MCU. I'm excited about it. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, definitely recommend it. If you haven't seen it, go see Do it. So. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. We got a lot going on. Make sure you stay tuned to our social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, all of that at YHS podcast. Make sure that you're part of our official Facebook group. Yes. I have some group therapy. Abigail. Five stars. Leave us a review. I thought you were giving this episode five stars. Five stars to the episode. Jake, five stars. Craig, five stars. And tune in. If you listen to this before the Saturday, tune in to the Windy City Ghostbusters second annual Ghostbusters Trivia Bowl. We're going to be a part of it. Hmm. Yes, we are. I think we are. I mean, we're not competing, but we will we'll be an element. <laughs> we're not. We're on the side of that. We're cheerleaders. We're like the Eternals. We're like the Eternals. We're not getting involved. <laughs> uh, Jake, uh, final thoughts on anything that we talked about today? No, no final thoughts. We're I'm done. Oh yeah. Well, we covered a lot of ground. Yes. TLDR. I'm, I'm actually I'm excited to rewatch these Matrix movies this weekend. What if I hate all of them? Hey, you might. And that's part of the fun. I kind of think I might not have seen the third one. Let's watch I just want to say that. I saw the second one in the movie theater with my brother, and it was like, woof, woof. Reloaded. What's the second one called? The third one. Revolutions. Revolutions. Rev- yeah. Then Resurrections. What's the fifth one going to be called? Resurgent. Retaliations. <laughs> Rick. I Ricky, can't. I Rick, uh, 
I don't know. Ramification. The Matrix <laughs> ramifications. That's what I think it should be. All right. Okay. For Abigail Gardner, Jacob Walsh, my name is Craig Goldberg. We're going to New York. We've seen Shang-Chi. We went to DragonCon. We're going to Resonations. Fortnite. Resignations? <laughs> <laughs> All the people. They're the, resigning. The Ebuchadnezzar are like, hey, we quit. Fuck this. We don't want to be in the Matrix anymore. We're going to go back to the Matrix. <laughs> um, listen, if you're on a building, don't try to jump off it. It's not real. Yeah. We will see you next week. Mm-hmm. Until then, this is Craig Goldberg saying, stay tough, Marshmallow fans. <laughs> yeah! yeah! I finally remembered to do it. Nice. Nobody's favorite, Woo! but everybody's friend, Craig Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs>